0: Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke.
1: Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here today with Kari Anderson, who is a speaker and uh, a columnist for Forbes and Huffington Post. She's an Emmy-winning former NBC and Wall Street Journal reporter. She's also the author of Moving from Me to We, Resolving Conflict Sooner, and Getting What You Want: Hand Walk Your Talk. She's the CEO of the Say It Better Center, and I'm very pleased to have her here with us today. Thank you, Kari.
0: Well, I'm honored. Um, You're such an accomplished person in uh, marketing. I think it does help nicely with our conversation here today.
1: Fantastic. So tell us, specifically, you talk about being quotable. What are some of the tips for crafting a message that would stick in someone's mind and make us more likely to remember them?
0: Pictures in the mind seem to be the most powerful thing that alerts the brain, even if you didn't think you wanted to listen. So I have what I call the compared-to-what cue. That is, to take something that's well-liked and admired, that has a uh, similar trait as a brand, and compare it to yours. Um, So they've done that a lot with Ritz-Carlton, for example, or um, some revered brands by their quality. Another one is to think of three elements that a message should have if you want it to be remembered and repeated. And I call it the elements of air, making it almost as vital as oxygen, so it has to be actionable You motivate people to do something. It has interestingness. And I say that on purpose because the word itself is jarring. But like from the headlines, it's something that's so startling or unexpected or impressive or new that it catches their mind. And the last one is most important. It must be extremely relevant to the person whose imagination uh, you want to capture.
1: And that's important. That's great, air, actionable, interest, interestingness, and relevance. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. uh, too often, if you get only one or two out of those three, it's just not very um, attractive to the, to the listener. Yeah.
0: Yes, but so many messages don't even have one. Uh, it's hard to um, craft messages, especially when they relate to something with which we're really familiar. That's why it's good to have outside counsel or friends from different domains I'll give you feedback.
1: That's a great point. Sometimes we get a little too close to our own stuff, and we can't see how the outside world is really going to react to what we're saying. So tell us, uh, what are some of the pitfalls that you see that make a a listener or a reader kind of want to go on a mental vacation and say, hey, I I don't want to pay attention to
0: this? (laughs) One of the biggest, and the smarter we are and the more we know our topic, it's happening more and more, and that is we take a long time to get to the point we use generalizations at first, which make people go to sleep. So in Reef, get specific sooner. Give me the specific detail or example. They talk about storytelling, but storytelling's long. Give me the vignette, that one little piece. Suffice so if I say blue, it's not as um, vivid as azure blue. And so even something that's as simple as that, you keep going like layers on onions. You get to the specific that proves your generalization. Start with it. If I said, for example, um, we are the people who care, which is a common phrase in print ads in days of yore. But instead if we said, we're now staying open on Saturdays because we want our bank to be convenient to you, it it's, um, says the specific benefit, the general conclusion, rather than the reverse.
1: That's great. And, and again, the vignette versus the story. I think too many people want to have not just a story but a whole novel and it takes too long, <laughs> so, uh, you know, getting to the point. And, and we're being conditioned between social media and even advertising on, on traditional media like television. We no longer have 60-second spots or 30-second spots. We have 5- and 10-second spots. So we're so used to getting messages quickly that we just don't have the patience for very long, extended, just diatribes that go on and on and on, and we have to wait for, um, you know, to, to find out what is he really trying to say to me.
0: So that's important. One of my clients uh, uh, agrees they've been doing research, however, and even though we're bothered by it, still a large majority, over 65% of ads and messaging, tries to give background first. And the background goes on for quite a while, so they have a drop off. So it's very hard to get people to make that switch. It's one of the biggest stumbling blocks I have, even though you know it intellectually, to take the time to go slow to go fast and say, what is my point? Right. Because sometimes when we know what our point is, it's easier to do the switch.
1: Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So can you give us a tip for how to bring others kind of closer to us besides being on point and, and getting to the point quicker?
0: Um, that's a really important one in an increasingly transient society where more people are living and working on their own, and there's a deep longing for being known and appreciated and being seen. So ironically, this came from three of the uh, scientists that I most admire. They say we're taught to be likable, to draw attention to the most attractive part of ourselves. But in fact, the most important thing is how people feel about you when they're around you. Ah. And if I can just quote something that's very brief, it's it's from uh, the British Prime Minister, Benjamin Disraeli, from years ago, and his opponent was William Gladstone. They had a date with the same woman on different nights, and she was asked what she thought of them, and she said, when I left the dining room after sitting next to Mr. Gladstone, I thought he was the cleverest man in England. But after sitting next to Mr. Disraeli, I thought I was the cleverest woman in England. Oh, how interesting. So you, you get a sense of what do we do to make someone else feel remarkable, cared about, smart. Um, I think that's an enormous key to understand.
1: So, it, it's, again, it's not about us. It's about our audience.
0: It's about how they feel. Yeah. So when they walk into a place, how does it make them feel in there? Even from full-spectrum lights, when I walk into a hotel, my perception is you're not only prettier, and I'm talking about me, I'm talking about you, but I project onto you that you're smart and more caring. Oh, so we project onto people when we feel good about ourselves. All kinds of attributes, which may or may not be true. Not referring to your attractiveness, of course. I'm just saying that. I think I just goofed in the way I said that. So yeah, absolutely. Put my foot out of my mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we, we do. We project onto things, and, and you're right. The environment really influences us. Yeah,
0: absolutely. To a degree more than we're even aware.
1: Yeah. So do you have any other insights? How else can we uh, appear to be more likable besides listening and making the other person feel
0: good? But other tips that you have on that? Well, one thing is the more. Uh, You talk in a conversation and I talk a little. Your perception when asked afterwards is how wonderful the conversation is. So uh, it's one of my hot buttons when someone doesn't listen, doesn't ask any questions. So this has been a hard one for me to swallow and understand and to accept that they're getting grounded in a situation and maybe just needing to feel heard. But other things, ironically, um, are that I act more like you. NLP, national excuse Neuro Linguistic Programming, was popular for years, but there's only one part that's been proven to be true, and that's that I approximate my emotions, the amount of them in kind, and my voice level and rate with yours. Then I'm more familiar. And in the animal kingdom, what's more familiar is safer, and they act right, like me. Right. So you want to um, bring out the facet of you which is similar to somebody else. And yeah. also... The more you speak to a sweet spot of mutual interest, there's a a heightened sense of of awareness. And they're able to dive into the topic, feel comfortable about it, because it's a shared interest. And so that sense of, of alignment feels good. And then if you're just in sync, so if we walk together or eat together, our bodies, including our eye pupil dilation, our heartbeat, our skin temperature, we get more alike, so we literally are more alike.
1: Oh, interesting, so we're more physically in tune as well. Yeah. Which
0: helps us feel emotionally in tune.
1: Absolutely, which is why and it's the mirror so if you walk into in. a room and haven't had a chance to adjust to, to whether it's a meeting or a presentation that you can really be off from the audience if you haven't had a chance to kind of take their pulse, so to speak.
0: That's a good way to put it. That's a very apt way to put it.
1: Great. 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 Talk a little bit more, if you can, um, about the setting. You, you said if, you know, the lights are better, that I, I look better, and then you perceive me better because I'm in a better light. But are there other things about settings that really affect how we're perceived by others?
0: Yes, and these are all um, supported by research. And because I live in so, hotels so often, I become more aware of it. Most of them have too many patterns. They don't have the white space to expect in a good design to add. Um, So, patterns either of noise, that ambient background sound that's Mm -hmm. agitating, or patterns on the carpet rather than a subtle granular change that anchors us down. A lot of straight lines, such as right angles to all the rooms, right angles to the tables, those don't make us act as nice or feel as good as if they're curves. Curves in the reception desk, curves in the table around we sit. In fact, an oval table or a Lima bean shaped table is better than a round table. Round table is better than a rectangular or square table. Um, and so a light scent, which I know some people are averse to intellectually, but if it's a natural scent and there's not that um, allergic reaction, certain scents, um, even below conscious awareness, make us feel more comfortable with each other.
1: Interesting. It's almost like a, a feng shui type of thing. Do you know you think about? They talk yeah, about people compare it to handles. that. Yeah. Wow. So things we don't But there are some differences.
0: Feng shui is a cultural a belief, and so some things are in conflict with feng shui. Others are in, uh, congruent with it. Right.
1: I right. talk about
0: something called storyboarding where there should be an opening scene, a closing scene, and a climactic one when you walk into a place or an event or in this interaction you have with somebody online or in person. And the most neglected one is the last scene called the peak end moment. It's how we feel at the very end of a conversation or as we leave the hotel or the home.
1: And that's really so important because what we need to do is, is leave the person we're with with a good feeling that says they want to go to the next step. So it, it's almost, it's kind of inverse to, to the way things should be. And that, that's, if anything, that's the moment we really want to focus on, correct? And to make sure absolutely
0: true. And you're speaking, uh, of course, about marketing. And absolutely. it's true in all kinds of relationships. But it's one of the places where we haven't thought that out, I think, as well as we could in some situations. Or at least I feel I haven't when I've read this research and thought about it. This is fascinating. We've been
1: talking with Kari Anderson. Kari is the CEO of the Say It Better Center. You can find out more about her at sayitbetter.com and moving from me to we.com. So, Kari, thank you very much for being with us today.
0: Oh, I enjoyed it a lot. Terrific.
1: This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for Marketing Thought Leadership.
0: We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, Contact us at www.LeverageToMarket.com.